Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope that you will visit our website at gbcakron.org or hit the link in our bio. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to let us know by leaving us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Also, if you'd like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Good morning. You guys are in for a treat today. Today's going to be a little bit different because Stephen and myself are actually both going to preach this morning. So you are getting two for the price of one. All right? So um, now we're not going to preach at the same time, but, but we, we're going to do a little tag team here in a minute. But to get us going this morning, you know, we, we're into a new year, uh, you know, 49 weeks left in this year. That's how many of, that, I mean, it's moving fast, people. It's moving fast. And so uh, as, as, you know, as you think about this year, one thing that, that comes up pretty regular at the beginning of a new year is we, we kind of think about what, what would I like to, to be different in 2024? What, what do I want to be different in the new year? And so here's what I want us to do this morning to start this time uh, together. Uh, I actually want you, in just a few minutes, I want you to stand up, and I want you to find someone in this room that you either don't know at all or don't know very well. And I want you to shake their hand, and I want you to tell them what you want to be different in 2024, okay? Tell them what you... Now, don't confess some big, awful sin, okay? (laughs) Because if you do that, they'll never forget who you are. All right, they will forever remember who, I know who that person is. Yeah, but but I, it's meant to be fun, it's meant to be light. Don't, don't turn it into a super spiritual thing. We just, just take a moment to meet someone and tell them, hey, this is what I'd like to, to see different in 2024, okay? Now, when you get done doing this, Stephen's going to come up and he's going he's gonna to start sharing some things with you. So I know for all of our introverted people, you're like sweating bullets right now. It's okay. We don't do this every week. We won't, we won't do it every week. But this morning, would you just stand, find someone in the room you either don't know at all or don't know very well, walk up, introduce yourself, and tell them something you'd like to see different in 2024. Well, hopefully you've had the chance to meet somebody new and you guys can actually stay standing because I'm going to ask you to do something. So if you're sitting, you need to stand again. Um, But those of you who are standing can stay standing. So every single week, first of all, I'll introduce myself. I didn't do that yet. My name's Steven. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at GBC and I have the privilege of tag teaming with Carrie today. We're going to do what he said, preach together. Um, And thank you, those of you joining us online, we're thrilled to have you. But every single week, we have kicked off by reading a numbers passage, and I'm going to have us read it together. So uh, it's going to be on the screen here. It's Numbers 6, 24 through 26. So we're going to go ahead and read this together. 
May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Y'all can have a seat. I know you were like, now we're, yeah, we're gonna keep going. Nope. So we're in this series about finding the smile of God. And as you read this passage, you see the word that the passage ends with is peace. And here's what I wanna say. That when God smiles on us, we experience his peace. You see, the, the peace that God gives to us, it's not a conventional peace. It's not a, a circumstantial peace that comes because things are going right in our life. It's not the kind of peace that you can get through compromises when you're negotiating. It's not the kind of peace you get when you agree to disagree. It's the kind of peace that Philippians 4 says surpasses all understanding. So when God smiles on you, you experience that kind of peace, a kind of peace that defies logic, right? Just even that phrase, surpasses understanding. You can have peace when the world looks at your life circumstances and they're like, you shouldn't have any, but you do because God. Psalms 46.2 unpacks this for us this kind of peace. It says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Everything around us can be going wrong, but we won't fear. Jesus, also speaking of this kind of peace, said this in John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love that Jesus here points out that the peace that he gives is given and the world does not give the same kind of peace. See, at best, the peace that the world offers us, again, is a peace that is built on circumstances. At best, it's an agreed upon peace between people that could crack at any moment if something is said that is wrong Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a difference between making peace and keeping peace. I think the peace that the world offers us is a kind of peace that we keep. And I think that most people who rest on the kind of peace that the world offers, they're pretty aware that the bottom could fall out at any moment and things could spiral. That's why I think that we in our society today are in the midst of an epidemic concerning mental health. In fact, in 2023, just kind of this is how the, the, the greet time falls into line with this. They're asking, what are you gonna change? You know, for years, until 2023, the first thing that would pop up on people's New Year's resolution typically had to do with health. Better diet, more exercise, healthier habits, but for the first time in 2023, mental health was the number one concern for Americans. You see, the world's peace, the peace the world is offering us, is leaving us wanting 
our souls are still restless and our lives are sitting on the precipice of a downward spiral. And we know it. We need God's peace in our life. And that leads us to an important question. How can we find God's peace? Where do you get it? How is it obtained? Well, to answer that question, we first have to start with some theology. I know that's a big word. You're like, oh, we're gonna have to put on our thinking caps just for a minute. But we wanna travel back to the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, there, the presence of God, which, by the way, the presence of God is where you access, it's part of the question, it's part of the question to where you access the peace of God. The presence of God was in a room called the Holy of Holies. And annually, the high priest would do all these things, would spend hours and hours and hours preparing and doing all these things so that the priest could enter into the presence of our holy God. In fact, there's this mystical Jewish tradition. It's not found in the Bible, but it has often been said that when the high priest would walk into the Holy of Holies, he would go in with a rope attached to his foot so that if in the presence of a holy God, he was struck dead, they could pull him out. You know, I was reading and meditating on Isaiah 6 this week, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. And it's, it's crazy if you think about it. There's this scene where Isaiah the prophet encounters this holy God, the presence of the holy God. He has this encounter. And there are these perfect angelic creatures that are surrounding God at his throne. And they are covering their faces because God is so holy. Going into the presence of God in the Old Testament was something that required a lot of preparation. But something interesting happened when Christ died on the cross. I'm gonna read this to you. This is Matthew 27, 50 through 51. It says this, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the current curtain of the temple torn in two from top to bottom. Again, in the Old Testament, the Holy of Holies, that place where people would go in to the presence of the living God, was separated, the common place of the temple, was separated by this curtain. Many believe the curtain to be as thick as a shoe. So just imagine your shoe length, that's how thick that curtain was. And it says that when Jesus died on the cross and he gave up his spirit, that the curtain was split from top to bottom. And what that represents is the fact that God was through Jesus making a way for us to come boldly into the presence of God. We no longer have to prepare ourselves by way of all these rituals. We no longer have to go in to his presence with, I think we should still have reverence, but not a fear for life. We no longer have to do that. He has made through Jesus God's presence accessible, and we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence, as Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter four says. I mean, again, this is 
found in John 14, 6, Jesus is said to be the way to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And I believe that's true for God's presence. We can't approach the presence of a holy God had there not been a son that in history would be determined to die on a cross for us to deal with our sin because God is holy. I want you to see what Romans 5, 6 through 11 says. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ, pause there, we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in the wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. So the point I wanna share with you this morning, and it is this, the death and resurrection of Jesus makes finding peace, finding God's peace, a possibility. See, the kind of peace that comes upon us when the mountains are crumbling into the sea, when life's earthquakes are throwing off the solid ground that we're standing on, is only possible when we trust in Jesus Christ and begin a relationship with him. It's the only place it can be found. See, it's important to to point out, not everyone will find God's peace in this life because it is only for those who accept Christ's gift of salvation. Only they can have it. That's why it's a possibility. So then the question we have to ask next is, now we know where peace is found, but how do we accept God's free gift of salvation. Well, here it is. We must choose between being a friend of the world or a friend of God. We have to make that choice. James 4.4 says this. Do you not realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Again, that phrase, enemy of God, it simply means you don't have peace with him. We'll unpack that a little bit more in a second, but you are not at peace with God if you are an enemy of God. And then it goes on to say, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. To kind of illustrate this, because this is a, I mean, you read that, at least to me, I don't know if this is how you feel, but it's, it's pretty black and white, but it's also kind of abstract. Well, what does it mean to be a friend of the world? And what does it mean to be a friend of God? And how do I know where I stand? The best way I know how to illustrate this is to go back to the person of Noah. Pastor Kerry opened up this sermon series with Noah, and he told us that Noah found favor with God. In other words, God looked down on Noah and he smiled. 
Now, what's interesting is that word favor in the Old Testament, it, it can be used interchangeably with the word grace. So it's not as though Noah earned salvation. It is not as though Noah was so set apart in and of his, him own, his own self that he somehow experienced God's grace and favor on his life. No, he was just a friend of God's. And he was not a friend of the world. And so again, God told Noah, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. And here's what's interesting. It says that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. And this verse, I'm not, it's not gonna be on the screen, but I wanna read this to you. This is Matthew 24, 39 through 37, or 37 through 39. It says this, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Here's my conviction. I believe that as Noah is building this giant eyesore in the middle of the desert in a place that's never rained before, and he's building this, and it takes 120 years. There are plethora of people laughing, mocking, and saying to each his own, Noah, you're crazy. And they were eating and drinking and living life. And I believe, based on some other scriptures, that the people on earth at that time had every chance and every opportunity to step foot onto the ark with Noah. That is my conviction. But they kept both of their feet planted on the earth. They didn't enter the ark. Second Peter Chapter three says this, it is God's desire that none would perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. See, I believe this with all my heart. God would have much rather the people divorce their friendship with the world and get on the ark and experience God's peace and his comfort. But that ark door closed while they were living their life. They chose the world over God and they were swallowed up in the storm. We have that choice as well. See, we can either put both feet, both of our feet inside the ark or we can have both our, our feet planted on the ground. Both feet planted on the ark, friendship with God. Both feet planted on the ground, friendship with the world. And therein lies our choice. You know, it's interesting. The people that were with Noah could not have had one foot in the ark, one foot on the ground for obvious reasons. The door had to be shut. Obviously, as the water would rain, you get what I'm saying? The same is true with us. 
Jesus is either our Lord or he's not. We either are finding God's peace or we're not. You're either in the boat of God's friendship or you're standing on the ground. John 15, 15 says this. I love this verse. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I want you to know God can say this of us. We can be called his friend. We can be intimately connected with Christ, learning from him and living for him and experiencing his logic-defying peace. But in order to do that, we have to die to ourselves We have to trust in Jesus, his death on the cross for our sins, his resurrection from the dead, and say, I am now willing, Jesus, to lose my life because I want the life you have for me. I am willing now, Jesus, to give up the ground of this world and to get on the boat of your salvation. That is our choice. God can call us his friend if we trust in Christ and give our life to him. Ask him to cleanse us of our sin and believe upon his death and his resurrection, accepting the free gift of salvation that he has for us. I want to today, before Carrie comes up, take an opportunity and give you the opportunity to begin a friendship with Christ and find his peace. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to invite the entire church to repeat a prayer with me. Everybody's heads bowed, everybody's eyes closed. And before I have you repeat this prayer, I need to to point something out that's very important. There is no magical prayer or some mystical incantation that can save you. But Romans 10.9 says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is a promise And in saying that, in confessing Jesus as Lord, you were saying, God, I want both of my feet inside the boat of your salvation. I'm dying to my old life and I am trusting in you. And so as we repeat this prayer, please understand there's no magic. There's no power in the words. There's power in the savior, the one we're saying the words to. So today, if for the first time in your life, you want to place your faith and trust in Jesus. We're going to repeat this together. And may this prayer be true of what is inside of your heart. As you say this in faith and you receive God's gift of salvation. 
So repeat after me. Jesus, I know that because of my sin, I am not at peace with God. But I believe in your sacrifice on the cross. Your resurrection from the dead. I want to be your friend. I trust you. I believe in you. Give me your peace. Give me your life. I trust in you, Jesus. Amen. Listen, I'm gonna ask you to do one other thing. If you prayed that prayer with everybody's eyes open for the first time, and it was the first time you asked God to be your friend through Jesus, would you just raise your hand? Because we wanna celebrate with you, and we wanna see you, and we want you to know that God sees you. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's praise the Lord. Listen, at the close of our service, after Pastor Kerry comes up, he's going to now come and share how we experience God's peace as God's friends. At the close of this service, Pastor Jason and I will be at the foot of the stage and we would love to talk with you and just pray with you. We would love to talk and pray with you. Pastor Gary. Wow. So what Stephen's been talking about is something that theologians call positional peace, okay? So uh, it's the idea of that I have peace uh, with God. So, so I do that through Jesus, like what Frank just prayed a moment ago. Positionally, he moved from not being at peace with God to moving into peace with God. Okay? That's what Stephen, that's what the Bible tells us about. What I want to talk about is what the Bible refers to as the peace of God, because they're different. There's peace with God, and then there's the peace of God. And so based upon uh, what happened just a moment ago, okay, and what, and what, and what we did in the room here together and, and the participation, according to what just happened, every person in this room, with the exception of the one that raised their hand, was already at peace with God. Now, we all got to stand before the Lord one day and say whether that's true or not. But according to what just happened, every one of us in here, except that one person, was saying, I already have peace with God. My question is, though, are you experiencing the peace of God? Okay? Because there's a difference. There's peace with God. There's the peace of God. And so... How I, I'm talking more along the functional line, okay? The, the peace with God is positional. Functional means it, it's working. I'm experiencing the peace of God in my life. So it's, it's kind of like someone who's married, but they're not happily married. Do you know anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. All right? 
but do you know what I'm talking about? You know, they're married, okay? Positionally, they are married. Functionally, it's not going so well, right? I mean, there's a piece of paper, there's, there's a wedding band on their finger. There was a ceremony that happened. There, there, there were people that stood around. Everyone knows they're married. But functionally, they, they don't love like they're married. They don't act like they're married. They don't talk like they're married. They, that, that marriage may exist, but it's not functioning. And you see, I think this happens to a lot of people who have peace with God. They have peace with him, but functionally it's not working. I'm at peace with God, but I don't really have any peace in my life. I read something this past week that I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. It said that it's pretty naive to pray for peace in the world when you can't have peace inside yourself. There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to, to that. And so I want us to think about this idea of how can we have the peace of God in our life where it's functioning. It's not just something I have over here. No, it actually is playing itself out in my life. And I'm not going to share anything with you that, that, that you don't already know, but, but hopefully, hopefully this will spur us into experiencing the peace of God in our life. So if we want to experience the peace of God, first we must talk to him. We must talk to God. We, we call that prayer, okay? But prayer is nothing more than talking to God. We will never experience God's peace. Listen to me carefully. You and I will never experience God's peace by just coming to church on Sundays. People who come to church on Sunday may have peace with God, but people who only come to church on Sunday never experience the peace of God. And there's a difference. So, so just having a, a, a weekly uh, gathering with other people or, or doing a religious activity, that, that doesn't constitute us experiencing the peace of God in our life. I would dare even say, and listen, I encourage everyone to have a quiet time with the Lord, you know, where each day you read the word. Okay. I, I encourage everybody to do that, but you know what? You can read the word each day of your life and never encounter the peace of God in your life because the peace of God requires you and I to have a conversation with him. That's the only way we can experience the peace of God in our life is to have a conversation with God that we call, that the Bible calls, prayer. And, and without prayer, you and I cannot experience the peace of God in our lives. Uh, look at what 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says. If you're looking for a verse to memorize, this is a good one. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Other translations simply say it this way, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. If you and I want to experience the peace of God, we can't stop praying. We can't stop talking to him. How is this even possible? 
How, how, do, we, how do we function, live in such a way that, that there's an open line of communication going on? This verse means it's possible for us to talk to God while we're shopping, while we're driving, when we're with our spouse, when we're with our kids, when we're at work, when we're at school, when anything, anything we're engaged in. I should be able to talk to the Lord while I'm engaged in that process. That's what this verse is saying. If, if you and I get engaged in something and, and we're so involved in that thing that we can't talk to the Lord, do you know what that means? That means we're friends of the world. Because I can't bring God into this. I can't talk to God here, in this, at work. Where's room for God at work? At school? Where's room for God at school? Oh, let me get back to church. It didn't work that way. That's not, that's not how it happens. We can talk to God anywhere. So to do this, we have to kind of dispel some of our ideas about prayer. For instance, sometimes people think, I have to be alone when I pray. Not true. Not true. I have to close my eyes when I pray. Not true. That's not true. I, I can only pray if, if I am taking a certain posture. Not, not true. Not true. We can talk to the Lord at any moment at any time. And in fact, if you find yourself doing something that you can't talk to the Lord in, you're, you're so engaged in that that you're leaving the Lord out of it. And that's how we know we're a friend of the world in that moment instead of a friend of God. The key to experiencing the peace of God is not changing what we do. See, you and I might think, I need to get alone. I need to get away. I, 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 need, to have a, I, I need to have this moment so I can just be with God. No, because God is with us everywhere. So it's not about changing what we do to connect with God. It is about changing our attitude and bring God into what we're doing because he's with us everywhere. Does this make sense? And so it's learning how to pray, learning how to talk to him. Ephesians 4, 6, look at what it says. There is one God and Father of all. He is over everything. He is through everything. He is in everything. That means that you and I, no matter what we're doing in life, God is there. Unless we're trying to push him out. God, I don't want you in this part of my life. God, I don't want you in this relationship. I don't want you in my parenting skills. I don't want you when I'm looking at my checkbook or bank statement online. I, I don't want you in the, so God, I don't talk to you there. Friend of the world. That's where you're a friend of the world. That's where I'm a friend of the world. But if I, can, if I can talk to God in anything I'm doing, that makes me a friend of God. Again, think of your marriage relationship, okay, for just those of us that, 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 are, that are married. Think about this. Where do you go that you can't take your spouse? That you can't take them? They can't know about that. They can't be a part of that. You can't share that with them. You can't, they can't know about that. 
Well, my friend, are you faithful in your marriage? Because who does that? People who do that are people who are not faithful in that marriage relationship. The same is true in our What is it that you and I are doing in life that we look at and say, God, you can't be a part of that. I can't talk to you about that. If we, you and I want to experience the peace of God, then we bring God into everything we're doing. And if we're doing something that we can't bring God into, guess what? We need to stop doing that. God, rescue me from this. That's how we bring him into that. God, get me out of this. That, and, so, and so that's this whole idea of, of talking to the Lord. Now, here's, here's one way I do it, okay? And, and, and I'm sure there are others in here that could communicate to this. When it comes to prayer, there really is learning how to pray. It's, and, and learning how to pray and practicing prayer, they go, they go together. And so uh, one way that I keep God in everything I'm doing is I, I have what I call, I just call it a text prayer. Have you ever, you know when you text someone a short text, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about the paragraph text. I mean, send me an email, right? Don't, don't send me a text that has 452 words. That text was meant to be short. Yes, no, quick, three, four, five words. A quick text. You know what I'm talking about? You ever get quick text text? You ever get a quick text? You ever send a quick text? Okay, say quick text six times and see how you sound saying it. All right? So, so when, when you do that, when you, when you send these, these short, quick texts, think of prayer that way. A short, quick prayer that I can bring God into whatever I'm doing. Whatever I'm doing, God, I can bring you into this. For me, that quick prayer is Jesus have mercy on me have compassion on me right now no matter and I could be talking to Cherry and we're arguing Lord have mercy on me I, I could be in, I can be in the conference room with the staff and 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 and, and we're we're facing a challenge Lord have mercy on I can bring him into it. If I'm being tempted to do something that, that is wrong or tempted to not do something that I should do, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me right now. Show compassion to me right now. That, that's what I mean. Of, of finding a phrase that you can use to bring God into everything you're doing. Here's, here's some, just some examples. I trust you, Jesus. Jesus, give me grace. Jesus, I'm depending on you. Mine. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, you are my God. Jesus, you are working all things to my good. Find that quick text prayer that you can pray no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. I can bring God into this. Does this make sense? Yeah, we got to learn how to do this. We got we got to teach ourselves to do this. You've already taught yourself to text someone every time something happens to you. So just text the Lord through prayer. 
bring him in to whatever's going on in your life, good or bad, stressful or, or non-stressful, and make him part of what's going on. Now listen to me very carefully. We don't talk to God to feel good. We talk to God to be good and do good. And when we be good and do good, we always experience the peace of God in our life. That's where it comes from. So I'm not doing it to have a feeling. The peace of God is not a feeling. The peace of God comes upon us when he looks at us and he says, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And he's proud of us when we bring him into our life, into everything that we're doing. So that's one way you and I can experience the peace of God in our life. The other way is that we think about what the Bible says. We think about it through the day, not just on Sunday right after I leave the service. I mean, that's a good place to start thinking about it. But, but all day, every day, we think about God's Word and what, it's, and what it says. You see, talking to God, we call that prayer. Thinking about what God's Word says, we call this meditation. Meditation. Look at what the Bible says about this. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. That word meditate means nothing more than think on it day and night. Look at Psalms 119.97. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day. In the Gospels, Jesus asked people that he was talking to on 17 different occasions. He looked at them and said, what do you think? Why? Because the way we think is very, very important. It actually sets the course for how we feel and the attitudes that we have and the behaviors that, that, evolve, that eventually we will do. Look at what Philippians 4 says. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and look at what it says. And the God of peace will be with you. How we think. How we think greatly impacts our ability to experience the peace of God in life. Our thinking is so important, like I said, because it sets the course for everything else we're doing. Um, if you just think something for a moment, it can totally change everything. For instance, Roger is my friend. Roger sitting up here in the front row. Roger and I, we, we're buddies, right? We're friends, right? Yeah, he's smiling at me. He's, he's saying, we're friends. But let's say, for instance, something happens between me and Roger, and I begin to think Roger doesn't like me. I just begin to think that. I don't really have any proof other than, than I just, I think Roger doesn't like me anymore. 
And I began to think on that. I, I just let that thought be there. Well, the next time I'm around Roger, no matter what Roger does, how I think about him is going to influence what I feel about him when I'm around him. Oh, there's Roger. I know he doesn't like me. I know he doesn't like me. And no matter what Roger does, if he speaks to me, I'm going to be like, oh, that fake, phony Roger, acting like he likes me when he doesn't. Or if he doesn't speak to me, yep, I'm right. See, Roger didn't even speak to me. I knew he didn't like me. That begins to affect my attitude toward Roger. Ultimately, it will impact the way I behave around Roger. Do you see that? That's why it's so important that what we think be the truth. And the only place that I am absolutely certain that we're always told the truth is right here. And that's why we're told to think about what the scriptures have to say because it influences the way we feel about the world. It influences the way we feel about what's going on in our life. It influences our attitude. If, 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 if I don't think God really loves me and cares for me and something bad happens to me, well, that might impact my attitude and the way I feel and the way I behave about what's going on in the world. So it's so important that we think about it. So here's, here, let me give you an example, okay? And I've, I've shared this before. Uh, Hebrews 10.36. Uh, look at this verse. It's, it's on the screen. It says... Um, the, the verse says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So many times what I do when I'm in the midst, I mean, I have other verses that, that I rely on and other truths out of God's word. But a lot of times when I find myself doing something and I get tired of doing it, and, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it's something I know God wants me to do. It's something that, that, that I know, like, like you know... Um, like purity on TV, like, like watching, not watching things that are impure on TV. And, and, and so like there's a movie comes out and everybody's raging about this movie, how wonderful this movie is. But, but I, I know that it's going to have risque moments in it. I know it's going to have nudity in it. I know it's going to have stuff in it. And, and I'm like, but Lord, can't I just watch it? Everybody else is watching it. Why can't I watch it? And, and, it's, and it's like, and I begin to wrestle with that. And, and then, but then I need to think about God's word. You need to persevere. You need to persevere. But God, everybody else, you need to persevere. You need to, you need to persevere. Why? So that after you've done the will of God, then you can receive the promise in obeying him. That's just an example. But you, I think on that. I meditate on that. And it allows me not to have a feeling. It allows me to be good and do good. Because I was thinking, meditating on God's word. Meditation is not sitting in the floor, lighting incense candles, and crossing your legs. If I had to cross my legs to meditate, I would need hip replacements, okay? That, that is not what meditation is. Meditation is taking God's word 
and thinking on it in life so that it can shape how I feel about something, so that it can influence my attitude towards something and ultimately becomes the motivation for the behavior because I was thinking on God's word. Truth be known, every one of us in here meditate all the time. How many of you in here know how to worry? Raise your hand if you know how to worry. Did you know that worry is nothing more than thinking about a problem all the time? That's meditation. That's the exact same thing as meditation, except that we have taken something that we can't answer, something that we can't make go away, something that we don't know what's going to happen there, and we just think on it, think on it, think on it, and it worries us, which impacts the way we feel, which impacts our attitude, which ultimately impacts our behavior. So if you and I want to experience the peace of God in our lives, then all we have to do is take these two principles. I will always talk to God. I will always communicate with him no matter what I'm doing. And if I can't talk to God, then I need to stop doing what I'm doing. Or I need to call him and talk to him and say, help me get out of this. And not only will I always talk to him, but I will find some verses in God's word that I will think on. I will think of them through the day. You and I can train ourselves to do this. And we will experience the peace of God in our lives. So we've talked about two things this morning. We're done. We're getting ready to walk out the door. This is it. We talked about two things. There's the peace with God that can only come by receiving God's grace through Jesus Christ. All of you with the exception of one sitting in this room said you already have that. That's what you said this morning. The other is the peace of God. where I'm experiencing in my life this relationship with the Lord that allows me to talk to him no matter where I'm at, what I'm going through. And that I can think on the truths of his word. And those truths actually allow me to be good and do good in my life. That's the peace of God. And, and what we want to do here at Grace Bible Church is, is we, want to, we want to be able to help people have both. We want you to have peace with God, and we want you to have the peace of God. And I, I just want you to know something. You can't do this coming to one one-hour service a week. It is impossible. If that makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. 
If you want to go to another church that'll tell you, you that, that, oh, you just have to do the absolute bare minimum to get by with God. If that's what you want to hear, you will not hear it here. It requires discipline and a love and, and a surrender to the Lord if you really want the peace of God in your life. And it can be fun. We have a lot of fun. It can be joyful. But it will cost you something. It will. And we want to do it with you. And if you're, if you're here this morning and you have, you know, this is it. This is your church experience. You, you fly in on Sunday morning and you fly out as soon as we say dismissed. If that's your experience, I'm asking you to consider doing something else. I'm asking you to consider connecting with us. Connect with us. It starts, believe it or not, with a text. Just text the word CONNECT to that number, 330-400-2869. Listen, God is not on the other end. God's not on the other end of that text. But I can tell you what is on the other end. God's people. God's people are on the other end of that. And God's people are committed to talking to him and meditating, experiencing the peace of God in their life. And we want to share with you how to do it. We want to share it with you. So won't you consider it? Won't you consider doing it? If you were here this morning, you know, Frank, Frank raised his hand said that, that he was praying to receive Christ this morning. It's a miracle in your presence. But maybe you were afraid this morning to raise your hand. It's okay. It's okay. We still want to talk to you. And so I'm going to say a prayer and then we're going to be done. If, if you prayed to receive Christ this morning, Stephen's going to be up here. Jason will be here Somewhere in the room, he said he would. <laughs> Please come to them and let them, let them talk with you this morning before you leave. Let's pray together now. Father, your word, Lord, what can we say except that it just kind of hits us where we are? Lord, we need your peace. We need the peace that comes from knowing Jesus, and we need the peace that that comes from walking with you and bringing you in, allowing you into everything that's going on in our life. So, Father, show us how to do it. Lord, we thank you for what you have already done, Lord, in this room this morning. We pray, Father, that the work of God would not be just something that we hear about in other people's lives, but it would be something that we experience in our own lives. So Lord, as we leave this place, may we experience your peace. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being at Grace Bible Church. We will see you next Sunday.